Welcome back in to another episode of Dig City. It's an off-season edition as Dave Shondell, Daniel Gilman here in the middle of April as we're uh, halfway across the country, but thanks to technology, able to continue our chats. Coach, how's your off-season going so far? Uh, pretty easy, uh, quite honestly. Not, a, not as much going on as, as normal, as you know. And uh, But looking forward to the future. I think that we're cautiously optimistic that um, you know we'll have a season of some type and uh, love for it to be on schedule. But right now, I think uh, coaches and players across the country just like to have a season. Uh, whenever it might be, we, we want to play. So that's kind of where we are. But I've been at home a lot and been going over the lake um, to do some work. Uh, we live just 25 minutes away from our little cottage so I can go back and forth uh, with my dog, Mackie, and uh, you know get some work done over there as well. So just a lot of work. We're way ahead of schedule with the cottage. Uh, so that's, that's the positive news. There we go. We've got some more positive news and I wanted to talk about it in the beginning because everyone's been praying and, and hoping to hear any updates on Maddie Skimmerhorn's dad, the West Noble AD, Tom Skimmerhorn. So do you have any, uh, any updates for us, Coach? Yeah, you know, it's really, really been good since he went in initially um, with the breathing problems and fever, and uh, they tested him, and uh, he, he did have the coronavirus, and he was uh, on ventilator uh, for, for quite a while. They induced uh, him into a coma and he was out and uh, but he, he's come back and, and every day he's gotten a little bit better and they're hoping to get him into a, a rehab center so he can uh, you know when you when you get this and neither one of us have had it before but it just absolutely wipes you out and uh, so a lot of his motor skills need some work uh, because he hasn't walked and he hasn't spoke and hasn't done a lot of things for a long time and so He's going to have to go to, to rehab center to, uh, to get some work done. And so he'll be able to go back to West Noble and to his home and, and carry on as usual. But uh, we do think that uh, he's, he's on his way back. And uh, it was a really scary thing. And for their family and all the people at West Noble, uh, we're very thankful that he's making his way back. And the, the entire, you know, Purdue family is very, very, gracious and, and thankful for, for that news as well, because with Maddie Skimmerhorn and the entire freshman class moving up to sophomore, and so for, for Tom to be able to watch that progression into next season and for us to talk a little bit about the steps that some of the underclassmen may take heading into the 2020 season, what, I guess, is the expectation for a coach in, in an opportunity to see the growth here in offseason what do you expect to see from, from these freshmen turning into sophomores? Well, I thought they made a lot of progress during even our eight-hour-a-week um, time that we had, that period where we were in the gym for four hours training and then they were in the weight room for four additional hours, so we don't see them a lot. But uh, I thought they made a lot of work that progress there. We, we did get some additional time um, where we had 20 hours a week, maybe – one or two weeks of that, I can't remember before spring break. And then at that point in time, things pretty much collapsed. But um, I was very pleased with their progress. Um, I sent them a text about a week ago, all of those uh, rising sophomores, letting them know that I think they're going to be responsible for where we go next year, just to motivate them that um, they're going to fill some very big shoes uh, in a year from now. 
and with three outside hitters, uh, having to fill two of the spots that we're going to have, um, there's going to be great competition, but great opportunity uh, for all three of them to be able to, to step up. And I thought they did throughout this past season. Uh, I mean, almost every time that Emma Ellis, Maddie Cook, or uh, Maddie Chin got the opportunity to get on the floor, they responded very well for freshmen. And I think they're great competitors. And as I mentioned, made great progress uh, during the offseason. And I hope that they're doing a lot of the right things now uh, to stay in condition and keep a volleyball in their hands so that when this thing uh, does get the green light, that they'll be ready to go. Let me ask you, Coach, are you nostalgic in any way? Have you gone back and kind of relived any of the moments from, from 2019 with, with those freshmen stepping up here or there? Well, I've watched every match. Um, of last year, several of them twice uh, during this this time of, I guess, of reflection. That's one of the things we can do at this point. And um, you know, I, I, we were a really good volleyball team last year. I think that's, you know, my uh, assistant coach and brother John called me one time and he was watching tape and I was watching tape and we just came to the conclusion that we were pretty darn good a year ago. Um, you know, we, we didn't play as well as we would have liked at Baylor. And that was kind of similar to the year before where we didn't play extremely well at Kentucky in the second round of the NCAA tournament and felt bad about that. I think we competed a little bit better at Baylor. Baylor was just a, a pretty tough nut to crack and they were playing extremely well at the time. But uh, I've watched all those matches and um, saw a lot of good things from, from all of our players. And um, in the big matches, you, you could count on certain people to show up and they did. And we're gonna need more, more of that uh, as we move forward. Yeah, we'll talk in a little bit about some of the best memories, some of the matches that we can relive coming up in the next couple of weeks from last season. But I do want to talk about some of the accolades that were announced a few months ago. This was the middle of March, back before any of this craziness was on you know, anyone's minds. And, and all the news was surrounding Caitlin Newton as she was named to the U.S. Collegiate National Gold Team, one of nine players from the Big Ten on that 28-player roster. And so, Coach, what did you talk to Caitlin about and how, I guess, proud were you to see that, that name come across your ticker at that time? Well, people close to our program know exactly what Caitlin Newton can do and has done for our program. And sometimes she goes a little bit unheralded um, across the country. But anybody that's played against her or any coach that's prepared for her um, you know, knows that we basically have to start at with Caitlin Newton when you get ready for Purdue. And she's got a cannon of an arm. Uh, the, but the most impressive thing about Caitlin is how much she's improved the rest of her game. Her blocking, her passing, her backcourt defense, her serving. It's, it's really an, an, an amazing and a unique story that uh, you know, a player could come in and, and, and just be so dedicated and so committed to becoming great that uh, they improve in all those facets to where, um, you know, I, I'm convinced last year she was the, one of the best six rotation players in America. And, uh, and I hope that she's, you know, working out like crazy right now because she's got one year left where she can really do some damage and, and, and really make a name for herself uh, in the Big Ten Conference. I'll tell you what, it feels good to just be breaking X's and O's down with you again, just talking volleyball in this, this time without sports. Now let me ask you, what do you think leadership lies on now? Is it, you know, spread across the seniors? Is there one senior that you think will take it on their own or will you kind of 
you know, give off the, the captain aura to, to one player heading into next season? No, and really never done that, Daniel, uh, in our program. I, uh, I don't like to label anybody as the leader. I, I want them to um, develop the, those skills. And, and certain people are, are outspoken and, and assertive, and, and some people aren't. They want to lead in, in different ways. So I think that leadership is, is defined so many, in so many ways. And, you know, you talk about our two seniors, Caitlin Newton, um, who isn't real vocal. Uh, but has proven how bad she wants it by, by how, how hard she works and how hard she plays. And I think our players feed off of that. Jen Otek is cut from a similar mold. Um, you know, she may speak a little bit more. I think both of them, when they do say something, people will pay attention to it because they're not, pe not players that are going to just give you a lot of uh, verbiage for no reason. Uh, but I think when you also have Haley Bush, who is – who will be a junior, but a, a, a redshirt junior who's in the setting position. She's somebody that is, is making a lot of strides in, in her communication, and she gets that. She understands that and, and has for a while. And when I've talked with her on the phone recently, you know, we talked about that and what, what her responsibilities are going to be. And, um, but I, I really think you look at the rest of that rising junior class with J.L. Johnson and Grace Cleveland. Um, a couple of people that are, are, are excellent in that area. Then you got Mo Horning and uh, Emma Twilliger. Um, those are players that are, I think, natural born leaders. Now, Grace, again, isn't vocal. She's not somebody that's going to tell anybody what to do unless it really, really matters. But there's some others there that will speak up. And, and I, I think all of our players lead, they lead in a, in a way that is um, positive. You know, there's, when I, you know, in, in women's sports, sometimes you see a lot of, of, of players that feel like yelling at one another is the way that you need to lead. And they must have seen that from somebody else or maybe a coach um, defined it that way. But I, I don't think that that's necessary. I think there's so many different ways to lead. And, you know, getting into the locker room after a game and just, you know, going nuts on somebody or on a team, maybe that worked. You know, I don't know. I don't think it would work for me. And uh, so I, I like the way our kids do operate. There's a chemistry that I know you felt with, with this group in the past, and it just seems to get better each year. And, uh, and I expect this to be a, another year where I think our culture will earn us some wins um, because of, of how we train and how we treat each other and, and, and where we set our goals and how hard we work and, and what it means and how we prioritize things. So um, that, that's why it's been so hard to be away from this group because uh, you know uh, how high respect I have for, for this team and, and the players. And so I'm looking forward to getting back and seeing them. Let me ask you a question that may not, you know, come across as the most volleyball knowledgeable question, but is there a more important off season for a setter than going from, you know, their, their sophomore to junior year for Haley, her redshirt sophomore to redshirt junior year? Um, I think they're all pretty important. Um, to be honest with you, I think uh, uh, if you're going to be in the lineup, then the development that you make each, each year is going to be huge. Haley had a terrific season a year ago. And, um, you know, she was – was asked to be on one of the USA college teams, but because of an internship that she probably isn't even having right now, 
um, is was unable to ac accept that that honor uh, to go out there and and train because uh, USA Volleyball specifically asked for her to come out and, and, and be part of that program. And um, I just love the way Bush plays. Um, she's, she is probably our, our most fierce competitor that we have. She is somebody that, that shows a lot of grit uh, on the floor. And I, I do think there's a place for that. Um, you know, we have another outstanding setter knocking on the door when, when she gets healthy, uh, Meg Renner. You know, had a uh, an off season injury really early in our um, off off season. Um, she had an injury, and uh, we think that she will be back healthy. Um, you know, by uh, Big Ten season if if we're on schedule. If the Big Ten season is on schedule and she's on schedule, so we're looking forward. But you know, she also was exceptional. So I don't want to rule uh, you know her out of anything. But certainly Haley Bush has proven on the floor that uh, she's very capable of running a high-level offense, uh, making plays, and, and, and bringing some toughness to the court. And so to, to piggyback off of that, Grace Cleveland and J.L. Johnson were named to the U.S. Collegiate National Anaheim team, which sets up for a pretty good uh, potential season because Blake Moeller, of course, on that team last year, she picked up the All-American nod. And now, bigger question here, Coach, how do you fill the, the Blake Moeller void? Is, is there one player that you think, because we talked about it a lot last season, there wasn't one player that could fill the Sheridan Atkinson void, so you used a, you know, a bevy of options. What's going to be your approach, at least speculatively? You know, we've got so much to go until the season, but how do you kind of a, a plan to attack that, that second middles position along with JL? Well, you know, Daniel, I think when you're at a productive Big Ten program, you're losing players like Moeller and Atkinson and Catino, Andrews, you know, and people that, that caliber every year. And so people learn to, to step in. They, they, they look at it as great opportunity. You know, J.L. Johnson, uh, who was the backup middle for the better part of the entire season, could have started at 90% of the programs in the country. Now she gets her chance to, to get in there and you won't be asking me that same question every every night. Who's going to be playing in the middle, or who? Now you may be asking me who's going to play on one of the pin positions. So you've got that one in your pocket. But uh, JL is going to be. Uh, she is such a, a terrific player, and you know she's not touching ten five, ten six like you know some athletes in the Big Ten. But she's not far from that. I think she's about ten ten three, ten three and a half, which is pretty good. And um, she's she's such a, a, a great competitor. And as I've mentioned before, wonderful teammates. So her and, and if you put Grace in the middle, which is what we we're going to have to do this spring because we only had two middles in, in camp, then uh, that gives you, you know, two juniors with good experience and good size, uh, very disciplined, very coachable in the middle. And uh, on the left side position, you've got Newton holding down one spot. And uh, you probably start with Ellis, but you've got Chin, uh, fight for that spot as well. And on the right side, you've got Chin and Cook that are, you know, um, kind of fighting for that, that spot as well. There'll be good competition, as I mentioned already, between those th three sophomore pin hitters. But then you have some incoming players that are also going to be interested in getting on the floor. And we're not afraid to play freshmen if, if they're the right people to play. If they're good enough to be on the floor, then 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 they will be on the floor. But they'll have a lot to learn, and, and we feel like we've got a great nucleus returning. So it will be a, 
it will be a tall order for those young players to, to break into that lineup. But I hope that's the intention that they have when they come here. So last Friday, so we're recording this on April 21st, Friday the 17th at about 7 o'clock, the Purdue Athletics Facebook page had a very cool event going. They re-aired the Nebraska match, the home one from mid-October. Do you have any, uh, any memories from that that you want to share? Any good, fun stories from that, you know, roller coaster of a match? Well, I, I know that we blew a big lead in the first game. Uh, that's the, the first uh, memory that comes back. I think we were up almost 21 to 12. And uh, I remember this was an, an odd memory, but um, there was a, a controversial call at 21-12. I think it was a touch or a line call. I can't remember which one. And, uh, and John Cook, the coach at Nebraska, um, pulled out the green card uh, for, you know, for replay. And I thought, well, that's an odd time to be, you know, using. You only have three of those things, and he's going to use one. Well, they got it right, and they got that point, and then they got on a roll, and they end up, you know, coming back to win that first game on our court. And I thought, wow, that's a good way to get started. But the positive news is how we, how we responded to that. A lot of teams, when you're playing Nebraska, and, and I think Nebraska probably, along with Penn State um, and Stanford, are the three programs that everybody kind of thinks are the premier programs in the country so when you get a chance to play those kinds of people you know you certainly um, your big time players will show up and compete and 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 we did that down the stretch uh, of that particular match it was a good match and they had beaten us up at their place in four on the night where their freshman outside hitter went crazy against us and uh, we just uh, weren't as prepared for that as, as maybe we should have been but we were better prepared the second time we played them and uh, it, it was a great win. We, we won kind of going away in the fifth. And uh, so we, when you can beat a program like in Nebraska, who I have great respect for, and John Cook and is maybe the second winningest coach in, in the country probably, um, those, those are nice wins. And our, our team enjoyed it. And uh, those are the kind of wins that we have to get, though, on a little bit more regular basis than, than just getting, you know, a couple, three a year. Um, and hopefully next year we'll get a chance to do that. Yeah, I, I actually listened back to the broadcast that Aaron Williams and I did, and we were questioning why – we were going through the options of why you would challenge at that point, and it was either, you know, sticking up for your player or getting your team mentally, you know, engaged to either come back to the next set and we're talking all this, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden they go on that run, and then the second set comes around, Coach, and you're tied again 21-12, so you're stuck – and we're talking about, all right, you got to avoid the mental obstacle. How much of the game, especially playing against a top five foe, is mental when you're on the court? Or are the players just kind of going out there and, and doing what comes naturally to them? Well, I think uh, most all competition is uh, 85, 90% mental. I mean, you know, it's, you have great athletes in the Big Ten, and a lot of it is, you know, do you believe? And... Um, how important is it? And are you ready to, to step up? And, um, and, I, and even, even in that first game, you know, we got beat, you know, in, in a demoralizing comeback by Nebraska, but we still played well. And, and that's the thing I keep looking at when I watch these matches that we've played. Um, we, we never embarrassed ourselves. I mean, you know, we, we played hard and, and played well and got better. You know, it seemed like every week we got a little bit better and uh, ended up with, with a pretty good finish down, down the stretch. I think we won, you would know this, 14 of our last 16 matches. 
uh, in Big Ten play. Yep. You know, we, got, yeah. we had a tough start by going to Wisconsin and um, Minnesota, and then we had Nebraska soon after that. And I think Illinois. The, Illinois. The only losses that we had um, in that back half of the Big Ten schedule was at Penn State and Minnesota at home. Um, so, you know, we, we were a pretty good volleyball team and you lose Blake Muller, who was a delight to coach, was so athletic. And the thing about Muller that I hope that we'll, we will be able to replace this, like you talked about, is in big matches, who are you going to count on to always lead the team? Because that's what Blake did. In big matches, she showed up. It was like she knew they were going to be on TV or she knew the people down in, uh, uh, Alabama or Mississippi, Ocean Mississippi. Springs, Mississippi. Yep. We're going to be watching, and uh, but she always played great in, in the in the big matches, and uh, she will she will be hard to replace because she was so darn athletic, and um, seemed to jump about six inches higher when you played in Nebraska or a Marquette or even uh, Baylor in the uh, NCAA tournament Sweet Sixteen. So, uh, but I feel good that we've got things in place that you know we're going to have another really good season when it gets here yep and then later in uh in this off season coming up next month keep an eye on the purdue facebook account and the twitter page because they're going to be re-airing the 2017 match against wisconsin that was another fun top 10 foe that you guys took down let's get into a little bit of uh of relaxed talk you know a little fifth set with shondell coach what have you been watching to keep you know your yourself busy in this in this off season any great shows that you've been binging? I wish you'd give me a heads up on that one. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I do watch Netflix, you know, quite a bit, but I often will watch something for 20 minutes and think, what am I watching? You know, and I, I move on because, you know, you, you got a wheelhouse that you're looking, you know, you, you got to fit something in your, your wheelhouse. Um, but I, I did, uh, get Ozarks in, in about three days. And, uh, and I can, I can deal with that one. That, that, that's pretty good. That was a good one. Uh, kind of reminds me of Lake Freeman, if, if you know what I mean. A little yeah. bit. Uh, but, uh, that, that was, that was a good show, but, um, I don't know. I've, I've been kind of caught up in the whole, you know, back and forth between CNN and Fox and watching that battle take place over the, the virus and Trump and everything else. But, um, I've, I've tried to get away from all that. Uh, you know, I've been working really hard around the house and at the cottage. And that's kind of been my, I guess, release is to, to try to do something productive at a time when um, there's not as, as many productive things that are going on. But, you know, certainly want to take just a second to, to praise and thank those people that are on the front lines that are doing all the work. Um, you know, we have some former players that are in, in that exact situation. And, uh, you know, my dad's at a assisted living home. And uh, so, you know, we're keeping a close eye on what's going there. And they're doing a great job uh, of keeping things, uh, you know, safe there. But it, it's a challenging time and, and a time where those of us that aren't involved need to be very appreciative for those that are. And, uh, and then, you know, um, you know, say our prayers for those people that are our fight battles, like the one that Tom Skimmerhorn did. Uh, because not everybody's been as, as fortunate as coming out the way that Tom did. And I wish it could be as simple as just having every college athlete go out on a TV and just say, stay inside so we can have the fall season. Because if everyone were to just stay inside, we can flatten the curve and we can get sports back as soon as possible. So hopefully 
I know there's a bunch of craziness happening in Georgia with everything opening and Florida with the beaches. So hopefully everyone just stays inside, follows the quarantine rules. And coach, I would recommend checking out uh, Tiger King on Netflix. Have you given that any, any thought? Yeah, I, I, I have heard, I mean, how can you not hear about Tiger King? That was kind of been taken over, but I've just kind of decided not to watch it. Um, but I could get to it at some point in time, but uh, have not have not watched the first minute of the Tiger King. All right. Well, maybe maybe by the time we have our next episode, you can uh, enlighten us in the uh, in the world of Joe Exotic potentially. Well, I mean, I think that you know, back to the, the you know the the next season, we people need to realize that this Big Ten season is going to be ridiculous this year, and and I know that how good I think that we're capable of being. And then I try to try to figure out how many matches, you know, will we win? And I start looking at how good every other team is in our league is going to be with uh, Nebraska having every single starter back uh, who could have been a final four team there, but they ran into Wisconsin. Wisconsin went to the final match of the NCAA tournament and they return almost every stud that they've got with the exception of Duello, the right side player and Clark, the, the libero, and Penn State bringing back the powerhouse that, that they've got with the, you know, the two, two of the better middles in the country and Johnny Parker and a setter that, that, that's exciting to watch and some good ball control pe- people. And, um, and then Minnesota has two of the best recruits in the country coming in, two top five recruits to join what they've got back. And, and, and that's just the four that finished ahead of us. Ohio State with a new coach. A lot of players back and maybe the number one recruiting class in the country. Uh, Michigan has an unbelievable outside hitter coming on board to take the place of the one that they lost. And uh, they're going to be chomping at the bit. I think Northwestern is going to be the surprise team. You know, I, I thought that they, they probably – I was surprised they didn't win more, more than they did last year, but they had some injuries. Uh, but they're going to be really, really tough. And then you get to Maryland and you get to Indiana, you get to Michigan State and, and you know, and everybody else that I forgot, Iowa – um, and I, I, and Rutgers, of course, and I, I think that it's going to be such an exciting season that it would not be one that we want to miss. So, uh, I'm just hoping the decision makers make the right decisions. And, and, um, when it comes time, whether it be in August or September or on down the line, let us go and let us have a season. All right, coach. Thanks so much for joining us in our uh, first of hopefully a few off season episodes of dig city. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Daniel. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. It's another episode of Dig City Purdue Volleyball. Coach Shondell, I'm Daniel Gilman. Thanks so much.